Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average to Athletic Podcast. Again, I have another stripped Instagram Live interview, which I plugged my fancy my, my fancy air microphone into it, so hopefully it's a little bit better than last time, but Chris also had headphones. I'll figure out something better than Instagram Live. I think what I was trying to get is like a Zoom version and an Instagram Live version, but he didn't have two different cameras, so it's all good. But today, or whatever, this podcast is just so much fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I love Chris. He's, I mean, he, looks can be deceiving. He's not like this shredded, jacked, like Hulk Hogan figure, but he is, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's like pound for pound the strongest human I, I know. And I'm not saying I've met everybody, but I mean, the guy is just, he's like, he's got this animalistic farm boy strength that he's just, you know, whenever we go film reels, he's climbing around on stuff, and he's just so, he's just hes just a very interesting character, but he's also just a wonderful person. Like, he's very kind, he's considered, he's a great coach. I just really love this guy, and so I was really happy to sit down and uh, talk to him. Again, I don't, uh, it's not like a really productized, like, wrapped up in, like, here's the three things you should learn. Like, I just ask all the questions I'm interested in, which has turned into be a lot more biopic about his life, and you know, where he came from, what his childhood was like, what his uh, inputs about his uh, strength influences and, you know, how his process came to being where he was. And we, we have some fun talk along the way, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I think you'll enjoy it too. And I highly recommend you uh, plug into Chris. He's uh, at Eroding Weakness on uh, Instagram, but I'll put those links and stuff below. But yeah, I don't know. Really enjoyed it. And it's a lot of fun for me. So we'll, uh, we'll, uh, talk afterwards but enjoy because it's it's a treat all right so christopher dale chamberlain anyways um i was thinking about this you know how there's comedians who are like people's comedians and then there's like comedians comedians who like make jokes that like most people don't get but comedians get i feel like you're the equivalent of that for like like there's there's coaches who, like me, dumb everything down and make it very accessible for people. And then there's people like you. And I'm not even saying that you – because you are truly one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. It's unbelievable just some of the complex things you put in. I really feel like when we hang out, you're like Doctor Strange, and in your head is like rotation and coiling. And, and I mean, like, you you, you strain – you uh, constrain David Weck stuff, but you, like, put his stuff into like that. But I imagine that's in your head, all this stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh. But there's a level of – when I watch you train – it is so inspirational for me. I'm like, I don't know how this guy not have like millions of followers because the stuff you, this is not an exaggeration. I really think you might be like pound for pound the strongest human I've ever met. And like, I know that there's some like, there's some, there's some crazy freaks out that I just haven't met him yet. But like, you're, because how much do you weigh? Were you like 175, 180? Buck 80, 85 yeah. when I'm heavy. You <laughs> are not an exaggeration. I think lifting you're outlifting me by twice as much and I like at, at least you're doing like deadlifts on pins and like and you got the, the nail board right you'll stand on and you yeah, do deadlifts yeah. on top of you even like I can't I don't even know where to put this into my head but you just had a ship you had like a nautical thing <laughs> where you were doing like an anchor you were just squatting with an anchor and you were you had the, the, the big chain I'm talking like these chains each one is like as big as my head and you're doing like Turkish get-ups with this stuff. Wow, that was cool. Yeah, Turkish get-ups with this stuff. <laughs> what was that? For people listening, there was an immediate filter. I, so I talked with the DJ Mercari last week, and he was just like, I was like, you seem really serious today. And he goes, yeah, let me put a filter on. So he put this the whole time. He had this filter of leaves. I saw fall. it. Yeah, that was, was very DJ. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I just want to express that get off of my chest because it's like, 
whether it's the I just I love your editing. You you live in the keyframe zone, man. Your editing and all this, the music choices, your exercise selection. But it's like for the average person that walks in off the street, they'd be like, "What the heck is this guy doing?" But for like the coach who like knows what you're doing and knows how hard that is, it's it is unbelievable, unbelievable. So I just I gotta like I just really wish more people could like appreciate what it is. But you're the I think you're the comedian's comedian. I, you're like I just don't know how many people have the perspective. That's- good for me man i like it so (laughs) (laughs) so okay let me because normally i i I know a little bit more the background but i'm always interested so like you're 35 i should i don't know whatever you're i'm 30 you're you're mid to young 30s um what which actually now i thought about that i was realizing that if you're in your 30s technically you're middle-aged you know because it's like zero to 30 is like first trimester 30 to 60 is like middle age and 60 to 90 is like last time i don't know what you call it but middle ages is a very weird thing but you have the heart of like an 18 year old it's amazing and so where were you born i, I was interested oh uh, also i grew up like on the east coast so i'm out in san diego right now but i grew up east coast like 50 60 minutes outside of washington dc so, like um, no because well washington that's in the middle of maryland virginia and yeah. what's north of that is that pennsylvania well, or no. They call it the DMV area, so DC, Maryland, Virginia. So I grew up in Virginia, Northern Virginia, Northern specifically. Virginia, yeah, man. Yeah, Virginia sure lovers. It sure is. Was that was that a thing that they said back when yeah. you were a kid there? We always say that. Yeah, Virginia for lovers, Virginia ham. <laughs> I've never heard of Virginia ham. What does Virginia oh, yeah. for lovers mean? I never. I always said it. I grew up in North Carolina. Oh, shoot, so I, I actually don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is Virginia ham? What is that? like ham's a big thing there like eating ham like if you go to a breakfast restaurant you'll get like a like you get canadian bacon you'll get like virginia ham like oh, extra salty or something i don't okay. know yeah. i haven't had canadian bacon in a minute but i used to love that i was like you know you sear it up but um okay so you grew up in so northern virginia mm-hmm. and then what did you what would you like is this so i've met your son who is this like one thing I love watching you is you you bring your kid to the gym a few times I've been out of the gym and he just runs like a maniac. He's just like it's like that um like a more athletic version of those little kids in Talladega Nights who run around with anarchy. Like it's that's like your son, he's crazy, but you're keeping up pace by you like you're athletic enough to like get on the ground and roll with him and, and like hang off the rafters. So what were you like as a kid? Were you just crazy or uh you know what? I didn't really like moving that much, probably until I was a teenager. Really? Uh, yeah, I played a lot of video games, and but uh, to that, is, I'm, my dad's a carpenter. I always tell everybody this is I, I just grew up like doing a lot of chores and a lot of labor and a lot of like hard work. So okay, yeah, like I, I was helping my dad build houses probably when I was like eight, uh, nine to whatever level uh, an eight or nine year old could. But I mean, I was doing my part to help with that, and so yeah, so I've always like just moved and. Maybe we'll touch on something like this later or something, but I've like I've always moved with this idea that something had to get done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah, yeah, kinda yeah. like how I work out. It's like something has to get done. Okay. You know? So Okay. Yeah, it's very practical. Did yeah, you have any siblings? I'm the youngest Young? of four. So I have one older were they brothers or sisters? Uh two the old, eldest or two older sisters and then an older brother that's like double my size. Really? So he's like six three and like he was like six three and like 250 when he was playing football so he's like a big guy compared to me so i definitely tried to keep up with my brother growing wow. up 
Wow. Yeah. Did he, uh, was he like a wrestling beat you up kind of brother or like was uh, he pretty much? We, no, we had like a, I mean, we had like a really good relationship. Like we would wrestle for fun and <laughs> we challenged each other for fun. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a beat me up, not supportive brother. So I, I had good, yeah. good siblings, good siblings. Okay. Good upbringing. I'm always interested because it does seem like the oldest kid is kind of hit or miss, but the oldest kid tends to be a little, little bit. Like they kind of come out and like they're the baby for the parents. And they get like the, the parents don't really know what to do. But by the time we get like the second, third, fourth, fifth kid, it's like a little bit more like, yeah, whatever. It's like, you know, that's what I think is interesting because it's like, did you feel like having older siblings kind of forced you to like be a little more physical and a little bit uh, grow up a little bit? Not grow up, but like, I don't know, just mature um, a little bit more. Or did you I, like the baby? I definitely, I'm very much somebody that likes to sit back and observe naturally. Okay. So like I learned by watching. So watching my siblings, I think I mean, learned a lot and learned yeah. from their mistakes and learned how they moved and learned how to keep up and little things like that. I don't know if I matured quick or anything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. but I definitely, I think I picked up good things from that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you, um, and so then what was the, what was the first sport you played? Uh, football, for sure. Football, oh, okay. Actually, I might have done a little wrestling. I did a little bit of wrestling very, very, very early. And then football was probably the first thing I took seriously. So I played football for a little while. What, was that like high school or was that middle school? Uh, I did middle, middle, and then I played off and on during high okay. school. So you weren't like, were you, did you like love it or just was kind of love hate or like, uh, you like star of the team or just, yeah. I like love football no like i really love football uh just like the school i played at not a lot of the guys took it very serious so uh, i sort of got i sort of had to take over positions i didn't really want to play per se like i, I was an offensive lineman i was a strong really? guard no yeah way. yeah i was a strong guard just because like i was the only one that could remember the plays that we had to pull on <laughs> and i was strong enough to still take out like a yeah. like a defensive end that's like six five or something like that so yeah, but that was kind of exhausting. Because you were um, opposite. 5'11", 5'10", 5'11"? Yeah, somewhere yeah. in there, roughly. Okay, wow. And I was like, like a buck 60 probably in high school. So really? I wasn't very big. I wasn't very big as an when, offensive lineman, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like you would be a great uh, slot receiver or running back in that, you know, that's probably... Dead. Running back is what I wanted, but I really like okay. defense. I was a really nasty middle linebacker, so... I like it. I like it. I like hitting people. <laughs> so when uh, in like the strength uh, weight room and like the workouts and stuff, did you like kind of stand out there or were you like, yeah. you, you know, know I actually, uh, I hated the gym, the gym, uh, football and the gym, like working out for football made me hate it. And I almost probably never would have become a trainer really? because of it. Yeah. Okay. Like, like my, uh, my brother was such a rock star, at least at the high school I went to. Like, he was, like, all-state tight end and defensive end and all that. Wow. Big guy, as I said. So, like, when I, I was four years behind him, so, like, uh, right, okay. I, he left. He left. I walked in. So, Chamberlain yeah. walked in and got to keep up type thing, that kind of mentality. And um, they, like, pushed me really hard in the gym but didn't really give me any good guidance. Mm -hmm. And I was a very different framed individual than my brother. So, I just didn't get a lot of guidance there, so I just felt like shit oh. lifting, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't. It wasn't until like after high school that I really started picking up moving again for myself, like fitness wise. I always mm. just worked and liked to do stuff, but fitness wise, it wasn't until after high school. Did you?
Okay, so you worked with your dad and you like did some manual labor and stuff. Um, what did your dad do for a living? What was his like, carpenter? Car- yeah, carpenter. Okay. it's all that. Yeah, it's so, all that. Yeah, so it's carpenter. You get some of that. You get some sports. You um, what? What was your favorite video? What was your first video game system you remember getting? Oh, dude, no, I was probably Nintendo. Was the first thing I remember. Okay. But I've had everything. Dude, I'm a gamer. Yeah. I'm still a gamer to this day to we, some uh, degree. We. Over there we got um for tiana for her birthday last year i got her a gamecube because i realized like yeah. it's like the games aren't more fun now they're the same amount of fun they're just better graphics and it's like it's just so simple like the old game systems are just great yeah a lot of, a lot of people are getting into that retro stuff that's cool well i just i, I just need simple i was like i, I don't want to get sucked into the live thing because that's that's yeah. uh, a lot do you do you play live and do all that stuff now like, like no hardcore? uh no not since i've had a uh, a kid no i like he's he's got a nintendo switch now so like we play some stuff on that together but i don't i don't play like i did i, I'm, I was almost like competitive in some stuff and i played some like competitive in everything you do yeah of. a little bit yeah and then oddly enough i was almost I mean, everybody knows this but like minecraft like i was almost a minecraft educator for a little while like i'm really like nerdy brainy like that and minecraft what do you I, mean a minecraft educator? Uh, like they have like a education version for kids and i like working with kids and there's like a whole i was gonna like almost do this whole thing at one point where like i would teach kids like how to do things in minecraft but like also like teach them how to move and kind of like a weird little thing like that but yeah it's always a little odd thing i almost did but what's the draw to minecraft i so i've never played it um but um, i know people just love it and to me it's interesting but like what 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 your draw like what is it that the big thing with that is it's legos so if you can understand legos just that the ability to be creative so creation whether that be like a step function so like lego would like provide like steps to build something you like or it's that open world thought process if i can make anything i want so that's that's what it that's what i think it is for kids and then yeah that one specifically they have like a lot of stuff like you can teach like circuitry and do all sorts of real world type of mechanics for people to learn but just do it in a digital way and i think wielding digital stuff is really important for people i know it's a little scary for some people or they think it's something you can get lost into but i think trying to blur like digital with like physical stuff is really important that's been a big part of like how i've kept my brain like creative and things throughout the years i used to play video games and i'd also wanted to lift four or five hundred pounds wow. like it just made sense to me and it would let me take a break and also be able to be physical and huh. just finding a finding a blend between those two things i think is pretty valuable for people that's way cool yeah okay i mean i can see the draw because i played a lot of sims and roller coaster tycoon and oh yeah tycoon and zoom oh, and like yeah. <laughs> those like the, the kind of the world building things it's like a very weird stuff but i i always was like why would you go to this very rudimentary, crude, like, Minecraft? But I guess it's like, yeah, if it like Legos, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so then what were you like in school and, like, high school, like, grades-wise? You know, did you, did you like, like, did you uh, like so, and stuff? Yeah, so, like, high school, I played a little football, but I honestly, like, I didn't like it that much. So, I actually, I ended up doing, like, class presidency. I had, like, decent grades. Yeah. Actually, I was a little sickly kind of growing up. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I had like a, I had like a tumor in my sphenoid sinus in oh. middle school, oh. and it used to make me uh, for like oh, I missed all of sixth grade. I did like homeschool. I did like uh, I would have, I had a cough every second and a half for a year and a half or something like that. Really? Like literally just. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> like every fucking two seconds. It was a nightmare. Oh. But so I kind of had all this like weird stuff going up. So I was physical, had that. High school, all right, grades, whatever. I didn't, I'm like anybody else. I didn't really care that much. Do you? But, okay. So how tall is, how tall are your parents? My dad's, I'm the same build as my dad, probably. Five, five, Where did your brother five, come from then? His, like, his, just... his, uh, my, my uncle, my dad's side, my uncle's like six, four. Okay, he looks okay. almost exactly like yeah. my uncle. All right. So did you have to like get surgery to get that removed? That, uh, the tumor? I did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting thing. I like, cause I was in DC. I actually had that removed on nine 11 in like, and at children's hospital, which is right by the Pentagon there. So like right when I was going under to get it removed, like all these alarms are going off and I was like, what the hell is happening? Like I'm a kid. No so, yeah. It was kind of weird. And they were like, Oh, something's happening. I don't know. But, but they had stuff. to, they, and what <laughs> that would, I've never even thought about that, but that's actually, there are people that are like, we have to finish this thing. Cause this guy, like that's, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Bizarre. That is yeah. bizarre. You never think about those like slight little like. Yeah, everybody's all little, the millions little, of yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So then, uh, did you did you go to college afterwards? I mean, I did a little community college, yeah. but uh, I was I honestly I was I was still. I mean, I'm blue. My dad's like a blue collar guy, so like it was more about trades yeah. and that kind of thing. So learning trades. So I grew up kind of that thought process that I would probably end up being a carpenter. It's not really what I wanted to do per se, but yeah, uh, I definitely valued this skill. I was putting effort into that. I did a little community college. I was uh, I actually was planning on becoming a like a wedding planner with something like an event management coordinator type I've, thing was sort of what I was never guessed that. So yeah, I was doing like hospitality management and business in college and. Uh, I, I started picking up moving. So like, this is right when I kind of like high school was over, I started picking up. I was kind of like, you know, I'm like 18, 19, like I should be fit. Yeah. Like I, I shouldn't have that bad attitude towards, towards the gym that I had. And I stumbled upon like kettlebells and I want to say, I want to say it was the, such a stupid thing. There's that 300 movie back in the day. Oh, yeah, dude. Like that, that was like the thing that just set it off for me. I was like, shit, I gotta be strong. So like that, that was it for me. And I was like looking up workouts and I stumbled upon a bunch that had like kettlebells in them. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, like this is going to be what I do. Like I like kettlebells. It's not all this fancy lifting. I can just kind of learn something. I can learn something. That was what intrigued me. It was like, there was only like one kettlebell and one gym in like the whole area I lived in and like I found it and I went and started learning it and figuring out how to use it. And yeah. I sort of, that sort of became my niche early on in my career and, and my own movement practice it was calisthenics. So I was chasing a lot of like advanced calisthenics and then, okay. and kettlebell stuff was sort of my lifting and, and then CrossFit sort of started coming up. Yeah. I started, I started, I became a CrossFitter and, I was potentially going to compete at that early on, but I just kind of outgrew that crap. I don't care about competing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. three hundred. You're you're just like a few years older than me, so I, I think when three hundred came out, I was still like, I think it was rated R. I think it is rated R, and it was like a little bit more mature than like what I was allowed to see. But I remember like his boobs in it, and it was like you know, it was like I just there was so much more like mystery and fatigue and like sexuality that was wrapped into it that I was like. It was just this like this movie where it was like I remember that just being this like it probably you will look back. I mean I still think it's a great movie, but it's like we'll look back on it and be like 
oh, it's just one of those timepiece movies like Dune or something in the 1980s. Right. But it's like um, at that a stage in my life, it was like this, you know, I was like, these guys are jacked. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. the, yeah, Jim Jones trained all the guys in that movie. So I like stumbled upon that. They they were like kind of like my first tone in training. Like yeah. they were kind of they were like big assholes back then and really like niche. And, yeah. Like my mom my mom tried to order a shirt from them and they were like, Your kid doesn't fucking deserve this shirt or something like that. And I was like, geez, <laughs> like I love these guys. Like it's intense. I don't know. I'm like, I'm over all that bullshit now, but I don't know. That was, that was kind of the tone I had probably towards training back in the day. It was like, that's amazing. A little elitist. <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know, that just speaks so much that you can't, you can't fake authenticity. You can't fake the brand because like nowadays in this like customer centric world, it'd be like, imagine somebody wants to order like a, you know, a WEC RMT club, like you don't fucking deserve this. You can't even <laughs> you know, but like, you're like, yes, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. What do I need to do? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, you, you're kind of like bouncing around a few different things. And then, so what's interesting is that you are, competitive like it's one of those things like if i said i bet you can't do that you're like i bet you i can like there's we we were to go film a handful of reels every time i'd go visit and you would just find like i'm like ah we need someone to be on top of the rig like <laughs> you know the entire weight like the uh the squat rig which is like the the thing you squat in and you're like i'll do it and you just hop up there and you jump down and we have to take it like three or four times until you just hop back <laughs> up so like it's almost like you're looking for a challenge to go do it, but you also don't have the overt competitiveness to kind of like codify that into like a thing, which I guess makes a lot of sense now that observing a lot of you, but you know, what, what motivates you? Is it just kind of like, I mean, it's a broad question, but is it just like to see what you can do to see what you can see kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I like to just challenge myself. I'm very competitive with yeah. myself and I certainly, I don't like, being told I can't do something per se. Yeah. Like, I feel like people are capable of doing anything. Like okay. if you just put some time towards it, um, I'm not competitive to the nature that I want to be the best at anything because I feel like that locks me off from other things. Yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy being creative and okay. I enjoy moving freely. And I kind of like, I, I kind of say I'm like a, like a feedback junkie now a little bit. Like hmm. I like to, I like to do something, experience it, sort of like gain whatever information, feelings I could get from it in the moment and then leave it behind. I don't need to master it or anything. Like I want to learn from each experience, just like you would with anything in your life. But I sort of just apply it to exercise. Like that's how I approach exercise is there's a certain, there's certain feelings and feedbacks that stick around. So like I'll repeat them, but there's a lot of things I don't do repetitively. I may never do it again in my life, but. You're telling me and, you never squat with a, uh, an anchor on a ship again. I, I use my anchor once in a while. I do like my anchor. That thing's awesome. I, I like, I like strongman stuff. So like, I, I'm okay. really inspired by like old time yeah. strongmen. So they're <laughs> not the huh. hugest of humans and they are very powerful and strong. And yeah. They, and a lot of that comes from the nuance of dealing with odd objects and dealing yeah. with situations. And I, some of that comes from like being on a job site too. If anybody's ever worked on a job site and you're with a bunch of guys, like, ah, like you can't move that or you can't carry this many pieces of wood or whatever. You just kind of create little general competitive things that aren't make or break and you don't have to be great at it, but like you won for the day or whatever. 
Oh. Like little things like that. You just kind of pick up those things. Like I can see that. You, you do I that with every mic experience. Yeah. Uh, my experience driving by a job site is a bunch of guys just sitting around like, I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, like they just don't do anything. Like, like, but I, I feel like you probably brought that mindset. I feel like, do you feel like that perspective that like, you know, I, I bet I can do like that kind of like challenge, self-challenge, has that always been there kind of like underlying in terms of your personality or has that developed a little bit more confidence as you've grown? Like eight year old. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's always kind of been there. Probably since yeah. I was little. I'm like I was always kind of. I'm a very. I'm very introverted. So I'm kind of quiet in my normal life, probably. And mm. um, like I like to observe a lot. Yeah. So and I'll usually go in the corner and compete with myself or do my thing. So I've probably done that all to some degree. Yeah. My whole life. It's definitely the more I've understand who I am as a person. I've I've definitely amplified that and understand it better so i, I kind of wield it now a little differently but okay yeah. yeah interesting so you go you you're 18 19 20 and then that's you're going you pick up a kettlebell you start to learn it and do different things did you ever early on did you ever like mess around with that kettlebell juggling which kind of is is, uh, is a little more popular now yeah like yeah dude i mean i used to do that stuff like immediately i was like i was back in the day i feel like it was probably like Steve Maxwell, if you ever look up him, Steve Cotter, Steve Maxwell, Mike Maller, and like the My Mad Methods guys, which are like freaking John Wolf with On It now, or not, he's not with On It anymore. Uh, he's got whatever. I, don't know what he, I think he's still but like, in at the gym, but I don't know if he's working with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, like a lot of those guys early on, I was kind of inspired by them. They were using kettlebells, they were using club bells, things like that. So I was like building my own clubs. I was flipping clubs out, or like, kettlebells out in my yard and uh -huh. stuff but interesting yeah it's it's evolved big time now it's like super circus now it's very much more like there are a lot of like old strong men that used to juggle yeah. kettlebells like in cirque so they're uh it's a little more that style now for sure wow. like it's incre pretty incredible but okay. i only do some i only do some basic stuff with it i don't do any of the yeah. fences what um so then you but you're also working on the calisthenics so you're talking like handstands and like yeah you know, I was super into, stuff. yeah i was super into like hand balancing i was doing like planching and i used ah. to do this uh i used to do this uh dude it's like i don't even think you can find it on the internet anymore i have the hardest time finding that i was like obsessed with it like i wasn't obsessed with anime but i like anime and most people like dragon ball z if you like anime yep, and you yep, like to yep. work oh, out yeah. I watched that's that. pretty I watched clear that. so so like there was there was this one guy I think his name was Vass the Super Saiyan he's like this German or French like calisthenics guy and he made this like Super Saiyan workout protocol that he came up just random <laughs> I don't know it's probably just gone yeah. in the midst lost in the internet but he had these like progressions you had to go through and they were literally the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life what? and died to this day but it was like to, it was like these mass achievements to become like the different level super saiyans really? so I, I like the, i liked like these stupid this is something like i'd like to touch on is like uh like i like stupid unattainable goals and stuff but like i i actually like more so goals that are driven by things that aren't real a little bit like okay. Like people idolize, people will idolize their favorite athlete and they'll mimic their favorite athlete and they'll do things like, uh, like Kobe Bryant mimicked Michael Jordan, like oh, to okay. become one of the best, like he, he watched him, he tried to move like him and he like, he becomes one of the greatest because he followed the greatest. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like I like to like, like look at fictional things a lot of the time. 
nah, I'm not fucking Popeye, but 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 sure, fuck it, sure, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. something and like try to understand traits of what that individual might have yeah and what what i would need to do to try to match those traits or things like that and i think they can it'll make you think outside the box a little bit on like why you'd be moving the way you're moving or the exercise selection you might be choosing but it's like a it's like an odd thing i'll go through once in a while i'll try to mimic something not real people do it with people 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 do it technically already, or some men's health article will be like, "This is a Superman workout" or some shit like that. Yeah. But you look at the you look at the exercises, and it's just fucking chest press and like pushups. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. They, there's no creativity there. I think yeah. there's so much room for creative freedom on like an exercise choice that you might choose that that you would think would make that. I love that idea. I really do. Yeah, people do it with animals. I think sometimes too. Like you might try to work out like a bear or something like that. Like, what's a bear working? That guy's a gorilla. You know, like people say things like that. Like, but like to take it a little more literally, and then like try to train like it, and like actually focus on that for a while. It's like an interesting way to change up like a rep scheme or an intensity. Yeah, it's definitely got to be something that's personal to you. So it's not like something you program for somebody per se. Yeah, I guess silly. But well, people, the, yeah, you usually have something in mind when you're training. I would imagine. There's, so, yeah. there's this exercise in some capacity where you list out the traits of the people that were the most influential in your life. And then the things that, let's just say, I find 10 people that I really look up to as a kid or, or as a young adult. And like the three or five things I loved about them. And then the things that you see in common, like those are your values in a sense. And it almost makes the argument that like you embody the things that you uh, aspire towards is like you notice them there's some part of you that notices them and then you collect people who have those things and then you whether it's like whether it's just emergent in you because like i don't know whether it's a chicken or the egg meaning like you act like those people and so you become that or you are that and so you notice it and then you they merge it doesn't matter but it's the same idea but for a physical thing because i really i think that's so so valuable because the more options you give people to try and have an on board to i I don't want to say fitness because it is is, i like how you started off just saying movement because it is like this is your body this is your vehicle it's like whether you want to drive like it's all driving if you're talking about cars whether you have a truck or an off-road vehicle or a ferrari it's all driving you know it's like how that one see like if i told you you only can sit behind a uh you know a lawnmower like you might hate that but if you could like understand this it's all in the, the 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 container of driving I love that idea because I think especially whether it's animals, whether it's the the can the, the anime cartoon superheroes, it's really cool. Yeah, I think people do it. Just take it to yeah. the next level a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I think what? I think it it just opens the door to move yeah. a little differently than you might think. Yeah. Did you ever ever get into like the tricking, like uh, my backflips and stuff like that? Nah, not so much. No, nah, I I would have loved to. I just didn't do it. Yeah. Is that- just either uh it was like a risk reward ratio just to not, didn't have the time never just had a season or like a specific inspiration probably didn't know about that kind of movement early enough yeah. for me to for it to be something i practically would have chased yeah, okay I, and uh, and then i really i'm somebody i definitely recognize now too i'm very much like to f- feel what i'm doing if that makes sense. So like I work really well with tools mm-hmm. 
and like I like grappling, like things where I'm in contact, right? Like if I'm in the air, things like that. Like mm. I do some aerials, but I feel like I need to be in contact with an aerial if I'm doing it. Like I could see that. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like, so just tricking in the air, I feel less comfortable. So I think I naturally avoid it. I think it's really good yeah. for me and I wish I would do it more, but I tend to like steer towards things I feel like I'm in charge of. Okay. But, yeah, I got my uh, hands on. What's, what's the uh, calisthenic movement feat achievement you're most proud of or that you kind of think back? It's like if you, if you were to see a, a video collage of all the different things you've done, I wish you'd be like, wow, like that, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's a couple things I think I got that were rather cool. I like I, I had a, I could do like a, a I could do like five like handstands of planche push-ups at one point. Wow! Okay. Like, okay. I do. I have a ooh, oh god, the hardest thing I've ever done. That just like I gotta see if I can find a video of it. Like it was just before you could even like post long videos or anything. I have, I did a three minute muscle up where I didn't on rings where i didn't stop at all so it was a single repetition where you see me just like moving so it's <laughs> it's oh fucking God. nasty yeah so it was like 45 seconds in each phase so it's 45 seconds up turnover 45 seconds do the dip back down yeah it was pretty nasty that was one of the hardest things i've probably done that's wow. that's sort of just, just yeah. different i don't know yeah. i don't Were need you to just like i don't know like you just woke up that like you just got the session like i wonder if i could try and you just kind of just started it and yeah i was i was working on muscle ups with a client like they really wanted to get good at them and that was like one of the things i got like first kind of yeah. like in that kind of journey like because i i worked out in like a like my basement didn't have a lot of height and i built my own rig in my basement and it then i hung rings off of that rig pull-up <laughs> bar which was super short so i had these really low rings i used to learn muscle ups on so I, I used to naturally have to do all the like sort of progressions people show, like where you sit or have like elevated feet yeah. and things like that. So I got really into those, which made me have to do a lot of like eccentric work and a lot of slower type of work mm -hmm. anyways. So it just naturally when I like start coaching people through it and I'm so just used to the yeah. repetition of showing it to them, I naturally just started doing more slow work, like talking about it yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh shit, like that was actually like a while I did that. I'm gonna just challenge yeah. myself one day. So okay. yeah, that was, that was like a cool thing I did, I guess. When did you, so at this point, I'm assuming you're fairly, you know, you're moving, you're in the gym, you're doing So when did you start like coaching? What was the first step into coaching that you kind of like? Did actually, you do all, so, to you? Uh, I was still carpenter. I started working at a gym in the evenings, kind of like after work. So I was working two jobs and I, I worked at this gym. It was called fitness first. And like, you didn't even have to have a certification to work there. Like they paid you like floor hours and you weren't supposed to train people, but they were like, yeah, you train people. And I was like, okay, like whatever. I just want to try this anyways. Yeah. So I was training people for like eight bucks an hour or something like that at this place greatest deal ever in this <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like my first client i think she lost like like 115 pounds or something with me wow. it was incredible yeah it was like i was like what the? i was like maybe i should be doing this <laughs> but uh yeah like i was that i worked at this place in the evening and then and i i was just looking for a gym to work out at and they were the one with the kettlebell <laughs> so oh. <laughs> it made okay. sense and then uh 
I would start picking up clients at jobs with my dad. So like we'd go work at somebody's house for like three, four weeks because like we're doing an addition on their house or fixing a kitchen. And I would just be like, hey, like I can come an hour early and I could train you if you want while I'm here. So that was like how I sold myself for. What was your rate when you, what, what were you pitching? Like, did you get up crazy high, like $20, $30 an hour? Or you oh, come shit, out? I was more than that. No, I was charging 50 60 probably, at least. That's okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah, early on. Yeah, I definitely believe in value of time. And I think that okay. was decent back I then, so. I guess that's a good point. If your dad's a carpenter, then like you pretty much like go in. I remember the first time I had a conversation with someone, like a sales conversation. I was like, "You're gonna pay me money to do the things that I like to do and just sit there with you." That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy. But I see, like, if you come up with that lineage of like crafts tradesmen, kind of like, yeah, this is value. It's like I, you know, that that helps a lot. Um, you're still on the east coast at this point. Did you always like? When did you leave Virginia? Oh, so me and my, uh, me and my wife, we've actually been together since we're middle school. So we've been together since, since middle like, school. Yeah, since we were like well, twelve. Hold, hold on, I gotta. What's the uh, first memory <laughs> you have of meeting your wife? Oh, oh like uh, we had this mutual friends, and like I remember her being like, "Hey, like my friend likes you," and I was like, "Oh yeah." Like, I think, yeah, I know that is. She's like, she's down at the end of the hallway. I remember, like, looking out of my science class and seeing her down at the hallway. I was like, oh, yeah, like that curly hair girl. All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like her, too. Yeah, so I remember that, yeah. But, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I remember, it's, it, like, the word like has so many kind of names. Uh, I remember in, in sixth yeah, grade, yeah. I think, there was a girl I had had a crush on since third grade. And I went up, and I ran up beside her, and it was Molly. And I was like, Molly, do you like me? She goes, well, like, like me or like like yeah, me? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. like like you. Do you like like me? She goes, well, like I like you like a friend. And I was like, okay, and I just sprinted off. That was literally the first memory ever, like ever talking to a girl. But like, like oh, I like her. Do you like her? It's just funny. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So then, <laughs> this is like what sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade or something. Uh, and uh, six, six, yeah. uh, six, six. So did you Thank like? You. Did you start dating in high in middle school, or is it like you just were know. friends going out? Day? I don't know. Going to movies, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Have sure. Have you been together straight through, like, for, for the most part? We probably had a couple little rocky roads, like any relationship. Yeah, but, that's amazing. Yeah, but so, I think we've been together in our hearts always. So, yeah. what? What is? Uh, okay, what's the? So that's that's that's. You've been together, or you've known her for like two thirds of your life, basically. That's yeah. Okay, what's the, what's one secret to a long, healthy relationship? Uh, communicate. <laughs> communicate. <laughs> yeah, work okay. work on communicating and work on accepting that you're not always right. Yeah, just communicate. Yeah, if nothing else, you... work on it. And everybody communicates different. And we didn't know how to do that early on in our relationship. Right, yeah. and it's something you always work on, and you as you grow, you will always need to learn to communicate. So. Yeah. How, um, and I'm an introvert you... and I don't talk, so I'm a terrible communicator. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how did you manage the the challenge of growing as an individual through like your late teens and twenties while also being in a relationship that's by definition constrains some of your your options? Yeah, I mean, or is it just never really like that big? I don't, I don't know. You... I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'll go too deep into too much of our lives, but I mean, definitely something we ended up clicking on, interestingly enough, is we both are fitness people yeah. now. Okay. We sort of started 
growing together in something, I think. I'll okay. say that. Yeah, so, and which is where I was going to get into where we moved, because you were talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. when so I moved East Coast. Yeah, so we, we, uh, we, actually, we actually, like, I was training, she was training a place, and we were just like, you know, let's open a gym together. So we both opened a gym early on, mostly her, <laughs> uh, me tagging along with her, a lot more drive than me. Uh, but we had a little, like, co-op space where I had, like, a little three, 400-square-foot gym and then she had this whole other like aerial pole studio on the other side of it and we did that for a year maybe a little more i can't remember and we both kind of had this like aha like we're still in like our hometown should we move Uh (laughs) yeah yeah. so we sold the gym and moved and just we went to denver and back to virginia and then and then ultimately to california what was how long were you in denver for (laughs) like six months maybe just it just wasn't thing. the place yeah at like uh i think at the time like things like class pass and things like that were really popular and like my business i know my business model and stuff was this was ultimately to do like semi-private training and private training and like people just like weren't super into that in denver at the time it was like their time was outdoors and like the gym stuff was sort of like class passy yeah. it was sort of like yeah i want to go take that class this week i don't really care okay. about it regularly so okay. I just didn't. So Denver, Denver didn't, didn't click, didn't, didn't vibe okay. that way. So we left. But. And then you're, and so you go back to how long are you back in Virginia? Then uh, maybe a couple of years. And then, okay. And then what? And then what shook you out of that? Had to move on again. Her fam, my wife's family, moved out to California, so we came out. Okay. Here. Yeah. San yeah. Diego, straight off the bat. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Been been so, here like ten years yeah. now. What was it like? Um, do you? Do you find yourself like nested in specific environments? Meaning, like some people will go to Denver, like love the mountains, which I'm always surprised how dry Denver is. But um, like the, the mountains around the rest of Colorado, like, are you like a mountain, or like was it weird going from Virginia where it snows and it's cold on occasion to San Diego where it's like sunny and sunny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sun? I'm definitely a mountain person, and I definitely like trees, so I like one. Interesting. Like, uh, I used to trail run all the time and like, I love going and running. Like, I don't ever want to see the sky. You know what I mean? Like I want to be covered by trees. So I love that sort of environment. So yeah, coastal desert is a little different for me. It definitely felt like vacation for the first couple of years when you moved here, but okay. I definitely, uh, ache for the rivers and streams and mountains for sure. Yeah. Do you do you make it a point like do you take trips and and get out like the different places? Yeah, yeah we, we well, I mean, yeah, we'll go back home. We try to go places. It's oddly enough, we'll, like we tend to find ourselves, I think, traveling to places that tend to be cold, <laughs> which interesting. is okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, the opposite of what a lot of people would do, probably. But yeah, yeah, we like to, yeah like to go to the mountains if okay. we can. What um are you like a national parks kind of guy or is it like um I don't care dude doesn't need to be that I told my wife like I I'm, honestly I could go live in the mountains and chop wood all day and build things and I'd be a happy human being <laughs> I can see you just taking just, a summer some people do like Appalachian Trail you like just taking a summer to go and like take a year off and just say. I'm going to go build a, a cabin in the summer and invite you out to come and stay. And then we're going to survive a winter out here with what I can do. Like, ah. so I can see you doing that as just like a year of your life kind of thing. Yeah. I, don't yeah. Know, I can see you not doing it, but it's interesting. I mean, I'd have to brush up on some stuff, but I definitely would do it. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be the, fun. The, uh, the carpenter background and everything too. Yeah. Um, okay. So then 
you're you're kind of moving through the different your kettlebell calisthenics to crossfit and then you know what's your journey like you're picking things up but you're, you're moving through like what was the because then you end up in this kind of like i know i know the thing you talked that like really sold you on david was the rope thing but like what was it going from like the crossfit to you know which is like bilateral sagittal plane like that stuff to like well, fill in the gap of like your fitness movement experience from that. I mean, really, it was kettlebells. Kettlebells have always been there. Like I would sort of dance around these different modalities and kettlebells sort of lingered in that style of practice, but not so much the style that um, like the mainstream style of it, like people call it hard style or sports style. Those are like the Explain, two ones. I've heard those, but I know never. So like hard style would be like strong first RKC, like this very like rigid military militant looking like style of lifting. Uh, it would be yeah. like the power lifting of kettlebells in a way. It's a little <laughs> more like strict. And then uh, yeah. sport is like a 10 minute event where you clean and jerk for 10 minutes. So it's an endurance style of it. So it's a little looser and softer and they're looking for efficiency. So I probably started more hard style, did a little sport, Board, but ultimately sort of just did things that felt right in myself rather than listening to what coach like I really don't care about I, I never really cared about like getting certs and learning yeah. from people directly a lot yeah early on in my stuff I just sort of knew how to yeah. move I've moved my whole life and yeah. moved weight my whole life so I trusted how I moved with it so I looked a little different probably doing it and um so kettlebells sort of always stuck around and then um uh I sort of sort of what was happening to me is I was sort of getting caught up in modalities. So like, I really like learning. So like I would jump around, which I think a lot of people do. You jump around, try new things out um, yeah. and try to get, and want to get good at them and enjoy your process while you're doing it. And I was doing that. Uh, I love doing that. And I stumbled oddly enough upon uh, strong camps or DJ Murakami, DJ, who you yeah. spoke to. Yeah. So I, I ran into DJ. He's a local here in San Diego. Um, so I ran into him and him and two other gentlemen were doing like this online movement university thing back in the day. Okay. And dude, I give them so much credit just for getting me open to moving very differently. They just, Thanks. they just had this cool little model that they did these, like these three houses, almost kind of like, like, uh, what is it like Harry Potter? Like you just had like different groups yeah, yeah, or yeah, tribes yeah. or houses and like, um, they broke us all off into different things and they would bring in like an expert in something every month to sort of present their idea and do it and then move on to the next one. So I was sort of getting these monthly doses of like some expert wanting me yeah. to do their thing and do it in a meaningful way. And with a bunch of other people that really enjoyed doing that. And I was just like consuming that heavily. So I got really, really into the idea of moving. Um, I hit the last one. I feel like I remember really doing was juggling Interesting. and I really liked that. I ended up teaching a juggling course with, uh, his name's Jeremy Fain. He's okay. an awesome guy. And I think he's one of the best coaches I've ever met, to be honest. Um, like I kind of like assisted him in one and I really liked it. I picked it up pretty quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the learning process, of it, I kind of got addicted to, and I met Dave at Weck method. Yeah. So I did met David Weck and. I started learning the rope from him and that little, that little moment of like, I was obsessed with learning new things and I met somebody in person was learning something new with them and the rope, when I started learning it, it sort of like gave me the same uh, stimulation mm, mm -hmm. in my brain. So I <laughs> kind of got like addicted to that and was like doing that for like four or five hours a day for a long time. I, and I, 
I love being strong and I love kettlebells at that point. And I think the first time I came down here to the lab in San Diego, I met the guy that introduced me to him. They were like, he's a mad scientist. You'll go down there. He's very strange. And he's very strange for sure. Yeah. Uh, when I met him, but I come in and he, we were doing this weird fucking exercise with the band. It's great exercise. Actually, but it was very strange at the time. And, um, it was just, it was basically just like an isometric with perturbations with like an elastic band and like a really heavy weight. And he was in, he had me in a coil, which is this side bend yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was just creating these like sort of perturbations with this heavy weight with an elastic that were just teaching me to root into it. And I did that and I was like, he's like, this, this coil is going to make you run better. And I was like, I kind of like running. I don't really care. Like, yeah, like I want to lift heavy kettlebells, but like it felt really good. And, I went, I went back to the gym right after talking to him and I set like a 35, 40 pound PR in my bent press, my one arm overhead press Wow! at like a high level of it. So like I was pressing maybe a 108, 110 pound bell or whatever wow. at that time in a bent press one arm. And I jumped up to a 68 kilo after meeting Dave. So which is 150 pounds, like just from that one exercise. That's tapping amazing. me into something I wasn't tapping into. So yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this thing's going to make me run better. Like I'm yeah. going back down to see this guy. So I started just kind of like any free time I had was popping in here for hours at a time, hanging yeah. with him, just roping and figuring things out and figuring out what this place even was. And ultimately working with them and yeah. developing an education system here with David. So, oh, yeah. which early on was a lot of me trying to like weed through what he was working on and doing, but it's heavily evolved into like more of a co-op. And yeah, absolutely. Our own, absolutely. both of my practices are both of our practices educating yeah. what this is now at this point. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. Cause David is one of these sweetest kindest people. He's just, he's just this like ball of love that wants to pour out, but it's just, doesn't always know what avenue to, to, to get the energy out with and meeting him. And then meeting you, it was like, you, you ever watch those uh, key and peel skits? Um, I mean, you know, familiar with key Peel. Mm. there's uh, Obama's anger translator. Bob's like, well, today in the, uh, you know, the state of the, the nation is, isn't disappearing. Things are fucking, <laughs> it's like that back and forth. Like you're, you're like David Wex, like, got, like he does such a good job of doing it, but like David gets so, you gotta feel the thing. It's like Mark Bell, he, like, he just, he, he exudes all of his existence in everything he does. And you kind of like constrain that back. Cause you're again, more introverted and much more of like a observer. So you like, you, I just imagine you kind of like this. This is like this is just Halo Doctor Strange in the sense of like oh, it's, it's great. I love learning from you. It's just so valuable. Um, did you ever? So I know some of the the work you do now. You train people to do like martial arts and stuff. And there's a weird one thing I've noticed is that there's this like people get into the, the, the you know they they scratch the itch with like the barbell and maybe that's kind of like they get in like bodybuilding or like football some type of like sport thing and then they kind of move into some level of crossfit because it's like organized and aggressive and it gets that like you know competitive itch something like that really like i feel exhausted and then there's this like at some point people move into this like martial art thing like i've been doing jujitsu now going on like a little under two years and you just start to notice that there's this feel of like, oh, I'm like really, I was already into the RMT club and some of the, like, that, like the rope and stuff I learned from you, but it really started to sink in and like the mace and the, like, there's this like 
set of tools that kind of accompanies this martial art thing. And so I know that you're there, but did you ever do any of the martial like uh, jujitsu or anything? Because I know Dave started jujitsu recently. Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've been doing jujitsu at the lab here probably for half a year okay. now. Okay. Little, little less than them. I've done it off and on in the past, and my dad was a wrestler, so like I grew up around people that like to put their hands on you, and move around, and I was around it. So um, that's why I said I think I like it probably more than striking. But yeah, um, yeah. So like I enjoy grappling a lot, mm -hmm. and I've been I've been doing that privately for a little bit. Okay, probably you. Uh... Yeah, probably started after last time I saw you. Probably okay. even a while after that. So not even that long. Not as long as you. I actually want to roll with you. I saw that you were rolling, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to roll. I'm oh, God. God damn. David just came up the stairs. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> so what – Um. okay, so then, you know, and I know David Wack, the man, the legend right there. You're I was told – I was told that I am never to allow you to beat me in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to hide myself in shame forever. We're just talking about jiu-jitsu. So please don't so, – <laughs> Please tell Ensema to just stop teaching you all things. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I feel very spoiled to be able to just roll with him and like in, be in that, that, that circle because he is, I, I, I mean, he's just, there's a certain thing where it's like an immovable object because he's 250 plus and he's, you know, eight years into this thing, very highly skilled, been able to train. So there's a level of like, you go into immediately, you're like, I'm just not going to beat him. But eventually, you have to just continue to get over that. But, like, it, it sets, a, like, a tone for everything else to do. But um, I was actually thinking about you yesterday. I was, because uh, I was, like, some of the stuff, I'm, like, you, I mean, I, I think you had some, uh, who did you have stacked weight on your chest just to, like, get used to the pressure of these? Last oh. time I was down and you're telling me, you're, like. Yeah, well, I, I think with, with Jiu-Jitsu, for me, in the beginning, it was just survive. Yeah. Right? So I wanted to see the, the limits of how well I could not get choked. <laughs> yeah. That was several months of not sleeping because the neck had been tweaked so bad. Um, but now it's blue belt, so it's breath and thinking, right? Yeah. And then I have the advantage of I'm fearless because I can tap, right? Okay, right? Nobody's mean here. Um, and these guys are so much stronger than me yeah. that, that, like, I get to deal with shit that's like, Jesus, what are you doing when a guy grabs you and you just can't do anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I know what you mean. Real. I'm learning real. <laughs> I think I got to meet, I think last time we were down talking, you were just in that phase of, like, surviving. And so it's good to see the progression. I've also matured a little bit, too. But I'd I'm love to roll with you when passing, it happens. I'm, I'm passing, and I'm, you know, I'm passing. I'm coming in. Making, I finished it. I finished him, it. He's making passing. him suffer. <laughs> I love I, I need to get him I, I want to do a biopic in his life it'd be interesting but, um, so then okay so then I mean there's there's avenue so like it's interesting because I, I do see it's like whether it's picking up but I just really enjoy that level of like it, it's it's okay so then what is it that you I, I don't know from your perspective like when you see people in your training that is like is it just a different frame of seeing the body? So I, I guess we can loop this into something more codified for, for people listening, because uh, I know you gotta you got to get back to being a father in a few minutes. Um, is it, like, 
one of the things that just you introduced me to, you and David, especially when you came up and I got to meet you both the first time, is this idea of rotation, which, you know, they teach things like the sagittal plane, which is like your bench press and your squats, and it's bilateral, like, the, you know, all that stuff. And then there's a frontal plane, so you're moving laterally, like the lateral raises and stuff. But then, like, there's transverse, which is rotation, but, like, the idea of the coiling and the, like, this, this like, spinal engine theory and this coiling and moving and creating rotation, like, like there's a real embodiment that I picked up from you all. And that seems to pair with this idea of like the martial arts. Like, you know, was that something that you felt? And then when you met David, he kind of helped you put words to it in a sense. Yeah. I was kind of, I was sort of kind of brushing on that a little bit, sort of leading up to this question yeah. here was that like, I, I've never really liked moving how people told me to move okay. because I felt like, the way I was moving was fine. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, if I went someplace and somebody looked at me and they're like, Oh, that shape's not how I wanted it. I need you to do this. Like I usually ended up feeling constraints yeah. and not good in my body. And that was a lot of what happened to me, like in the high school weight room was I was being told how to yeah. move in a way that didn't feel natural to me because it was what I was supposed to do. And it made me feel like shit. So I ended up not liking moving anymore rather than just trusting my instincts and how I felt and I could just do whatever I wanted to do because yeah. that's what I'd already done. I'd lift more weight than most of those guys in a natural setting out than in the gym, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No problem. So what Dave, what, it wasn't even like Dave telling me what mm -hmm. it was. It was more of like this feeling of like, whoa, that's something I've been feeling yeah. that sort of explains why I was moving the way I want. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my my first year or two here working with him, it was a lot of trying to figure out, like revisiting my whole entire practice, like mm -hmm. going through everything I'd ever done and trying to root it to that sensation and try to create a better understanding of that. Cause I do have a little, Dave has like an awesome physical practice, mm -hmm. but like I have like a little more skill sets and different modalities than dave has oh, he has some that's, he has some limits that's underplaying it you're yeah a, and you're like a, a yeah. movement savant yeah and he's got like limitations that he can't yeah. deal with yeah, he yeah, has to do with. so muscles. so like so like you you can't quite explain it to somebody in a feeling unless you do the thing they do and i'm very yeah. big on the like, i have to have felt it and understood it and put some time into it before yeah. i even tell you anything so yeah um that's was my first two years here was just like this like ferocious like go back and do everything I ever did explore this feeling this idea that rotation like at that time just mostly this idea of coiling this idea of this like this side bend this isometric hold in the side bend and sort of just scratching all the language out there already just like yeah. not letting that be the thing that I have to define everything by and yeah. go more by the feels kind of like you would in like a martial art yeah. and there's so many different techniques and things in the martial art and there's there's a lot of confusion there because somebody might call something something different in yes. that kind of world as well so so like not letting language be a barrier at first at least ultimately you need to define mm -hmm. it to help people register it and get people to understand it and communicate it and teach coaches and things like that but just kind of letting feels be the guide. Yeah. It's like the um, map is not the territory idea. It's like you can put words to it, but no word will ever displace tension in that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So learning what that meant and, 
At this point in time, I sort of believe all movements rotation. I don't think you can do anything without rotating, even when you're sagittal and things like that. I think there's this rotational intent or torque or torsion or whatever it be. And you you kind of like when you can sort of start looking at everything like that, then you need yeah. to start learning to funnel all that and deal with gravity and the stuff that I work on now. It sort of gives me like I like not being a master of a modality mm. because I can sort of just look at it with this fresh pair of eyes, like just a mechanics thought process and I can help a swimmer. Or I can help an aerialist or I can help a yeah. sprinter or a fighter, a really loving fighters. Just I, like there's a like you said, everybody's sort of like a lot of people, especially now, like it's really mm. people are getting into that. That martial practice becomes something uh, people want to get into. And uh, I think there's a level of respect and willingness to learn in mm -hmm. that practice it's a practice like people already call it yeah. a practice there's just yeah. there's a willingness to open up and learn because you like consequences are real like i think that i thought about yeah. this a fair amount is like if you go and you do a squat poorly the consequences by poorly I, like that that's obviously you know a certain way of looking at it. but let's just say you objectively you're doing something <laughs> without any you're doing something that is by poor, there will be a long-term consequence on something. Like you might not get feedback right away. Cause like, you know, I get, there's a million ways to do things in, without getting like good and bad movement. But like the, if we can agree at some level of like, you're doing something that is in not intentional and not purpose driven. And you're just kind of like moving in a way. Just I, like, I, told you. I like yeah. that explanation because there's, there's not an external task you're driving the movement to. Yes. There's not maybe there might be purpose to get strong legs and like yeah, all this yeah, internal yeah. thought, but there's not this external like yeah. I'm sending this squad at something. And if I don't send yeah. that squad at something, I'm going to get hit in the face. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's not that external repercussion. to. And then the content, I really think this is why I think people like surfing as well. I think jujitsu and surfing tend to have the same kind of grip because you go out on, I've only tried to surf twice and both times, I mean, I've, I've spent like three hours and didn't catch a single wave because it was just, I mean, the goodbye buddy goes out there and he's like, you know, most people, we've been, this is like an hour and a half into this thing. And he goes, yeah, most people wouldn't do this. I was like, what, you know, like, is it cold? And he goes, no, just surf a five, five foot wave. I, I had no idea, but they're like five foot waves, apparently pretty big. And it was like, I, my, I didn't realize you could have so much water in your head, in your sinuses. But okay. the point is like, it's, when you go and surf, you can't negotiate with the wave. And when you go and roll jujitsu or do a martial art, there is there is like an undeniable thing that will have an immediate consequence. So it forces you to be engaged in it. Mm. Whereas if you're kind of, you can do, do things that like most of the other movement and like kind of like, let's say fitness things can be internal, internally directed, which is there's value in that. But like, if there isn't like a thing you're doing with it, then you can kind of miss, you can, you can get by for years and years without any actual like feedback and consequence. And then that can lead you to where your joints hurt, your body feels beat up. Cause it's like, and obviously everything can beat you up in that sense. But the idea is like, I really think there's a value in that that inspires people to say, Oh, if I'm going to do this, I have to actually like do this and learn. And there's a skill, and you think of it as this kind of ingrained practice. I don't know if you would think differently about it. I mean, that. honestly, I just think people are always looking for quick fixes and shit. And like, you just have to develop a practice and something you care yeah. about. What I'm after at this point is because I recognize like there's just so, so many awesome things you can learn. Yeah. And like, your brain can choose, and there are no real, there are like, fitness is kind of funny. There's not really like a reason for it. Like, Marshall, there's at least yeah. a reason. Like, like I might need this, but like 
certain modalities, there's not really like a like a dire need for it yeah. for your physicality, but you might love it. So yes. if that I want I want people to develop practices and things they love, and I'm I'm after trying to create like a common theme or language that allows people to to find those things if they don't know what they are and or take those things that they love and make sure that they're helping the other things in their life because that's where I was I was in this like dance of like I like calisthenics I like crossfit I like kettlebells I like this and like I'd sort of go from this to this and then I'd get to that third one and I'd start not being so good at this yep. one and then I'd go to the fourth one and I just totally forgot about it but when I was doing it it was something I fucking loved like yeah. it was something I cared about like it was something that was part of who I was. So this, what I'm doing now is I feel like I got this right spoke, spoke in the middle. Yeah. Middle, that lets yeah. me, that actually lets me do that. And like, yeah, my practice at this point is just me playing with just trying to keep all those things going and just seeing if they survive, especially as I age yeah. too, like not putting time into skills like I used to have to and uh -huh. seeing if I can retain them and find commonality in my movement within them so that I, I only have to spend a day or a couple of days just to re associate to a practice. If I still wanted to like pick it up. Type yeah. Thing. So, yeah. So, which leads to, I had two more questions. I was going to ask you what, which you, you just started open up one is like, how do you, so one of my favorite things, every time I see your training post, I'm like, yes, Chris dropped another one. It's great. And I, I want to come back and ask about the actual like editing and music choice. But I want to first, how do you think about like, so I know this is this is like, again, the coaches coach kind of like you're a few years into this process, because most people need a little bit more black and white structure to kind of like, learn what it is that they're so disconnected. Ideally not, but most people now are so disconnected from the body that there's like, they can't move their toes, they can't move their feet, you know, they don't know that. So like, yeah, how do you walk into the gym and think about like let's say a weekly structure or a routine because you know where does a an anchor fit in or a ship steering wheel that you're doing the, the spinning thing with yeah i mean i i have a lot of understanding of i guess programming yeah. so like for somebody that's very like analytical or needs to see it written down like ah, not I, can, that. I want you like how do you i know walk me into yeah it sounds like me for me it's like uh, sometimes it's like i just have a dream the night before and it's like yeah hey, you should fucking try this like it could be something of that nature it's being very intuitive to yourself and yeah um I usually just get a sense of like, oh, I want to squat something heavy today or I want to push something heavy today or I don't know quite what I want to do yet, but I feel like it should be heavy. So I'm going to drag this thing until I figure it out or something like that. Kind of kind of like, like if I, I woke up sense? on. Has yeah. that been a developing sense for you? Or I, I'm like, meaning, did you always have that like sense of like self-led or like this feels right? Or has that voice gotten sharper as you've gotten more experience? Yeah. That's probably gotten sharper. I definitely have always had that sense of something needed to get done. It wasn't like a, I'm coming here to do three sets of five today. It's like always been like a, like when I worked on a job site, it was like, hey, like there's 7,000 pounds of lumber and it kind of has to be over there by 3 p.m. today. And if we don't have that done, like that means we have to work tomorrow too. And I don't want to work tomorrow. So when we get it done, so we just get the work done and there's sort of that end goal. Yeah. And then, and then the physical challenge of like, can I get it done early and leave work or do like, I'm going to take up the whole day or stay late or do I have to come tomorrow? Cause I can't actually physically move all yeah. that. And I try to, I try to like, for me, the gym is sort of that 
I kind of do like, I'll go through different ways of how I might explore that. There's a lot of times, like if I don't know what to do, I'll reorganize the whole gym. I don't know if anybody else ever does that, but like I'll literally reorganize the whole gym. Like pe people used to like all the time be like, why does the lab look different? I used to just like, if I wasn't sure what I wanted to train, I just move absolutely everything in the gym, like into a completely new spot. So I just got a bunch of work done. You know what I mean? Like I could see the work done. So like, I got like a satisfaction with that. I got to clean stuff. Like, but I also got to move just an ungodly amount of weight around. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I would, I, maybe I would do it and just, stupid ways if it came to me or not but like the gym yeah i mean mostly the gym for me now is like i try to do something fast i usually try to solve some puzzle mm -hmm. i like try to create some puzzle or sequence i like to solve like and I, the more I, the more i can make that heavy the more i enjoy that you know what i mean like yeah there's a little competitiveness to it I like love that. which is I can, it's fun for filming and yeah. stuff like that. I like film. I really like I'm making gonna, videos. I've really, I've really gotten into the idea of just making videos. Like, I don't even care if they're fitness ones. That just happens to be my practice. I just like videography and editing, and I yeah. like that. Okay. Where I'm, let, yeah, me, let, yeah. let me ask you on that. I, I got to say, the I definitely resonate with the, as I've gotten more experience and stuff, this, like, coming in with a set and rep has started to just fall apart in terms of, like, it used to be it was helpful, and, and like, and then it became, like, and now there's much more an intuitive, like, the, like your body will call out to you something that needs to happen in a sense. But that, and I think that it's good to hear that you, I mean, I think some people probably, probably are more like geared towards that intuitively anyways, but it's good to hear that. Cause it does seem like as you age is a much more like truthful way to live, um, lift and then train. Um, I, let yeah. me say something on it super quick. So yeah. like, I, I would highly encourage people look for like a body scan, some, some movement or exercise uh, or something. It doesn't okay. even always have to be the same thing. Maybe it's a couple different things that you don't even like you use at different times, but like something you sort of can just like recognize that maybe your body's not tip top. Like for me, like literally, like if I coil now and just kind of like turn that thing on and I feel it, I'm like, Oh, like I'm ready to go. I don't sit around foam roll and do a bunch of stuff. Like if that's yeah. on and it's working, then I'm usually good to go. <laughs> Because that all my training is geared around preparing that thing to be that body scan yeah. for me that I can recognize I'm ready and I should be ready at any given time. I shouldn't be having to wait up. So I, I do a lot of jaguaring is what I call you. Just like grab something heavy and carry it up the tree type thought process. Yeah. Like I just love testing that at any given time. If a bear, bear runs into your cave, you gonna stretch. No, yeah. Really <laughs> like <it>. like <laughs> yeah, yeah but for real though, I mean, I get. <laughs> uh, okay, that's amazing. All right, um, the last thing I want to ask you about is, so, you, you're, I love when you, because it's not only that you have fifteen different imaginative ways to like lift and move random things, mm. it, and not also that it's like really athletically impressive. Like if people. You make it look so fluid and easy that people like don't realize how technically challenging and physically difficult it is to do some of the stuff you do. It's it's silly. You were you picked up a hundred fifty pound sandbag and are doing a, a single arm juggle, and then like that three watching you get that three hundred pound bag up to your shoulder. Oh my god! I've been. It's just you don't understand that until you like try to move some some sandbags. And you're like this is not easy. But how do you choose? a song for your videos. everything is different genres different different but it matches so well or do you find that beat it hits i just find it i don't know everybody's really into that right now like what i'm choosing I love, music i honestly I love it 
I don't listen to music as I don't work out with music, by the way. It's very strange. I'm very much work out in the quiet, always have. Um, I like listening to music. I don't listen to music as much as I used to. I used to have like a long commute, so that was always my time. I just started listening to Spotify again, and yeah. like I've been using that Discover Weekly thing on it, and it's I been just that, like yeah. bringing up music that I like, used to listen to all the time. I'm like, fuck yeah! Like I don't know. I just when I'm editing, I just sort of find it. I usually will like I'll I'll kind of have like a thought in my head, like a genre or something, and I'll usually see something that just pops in it that makes sense with yeah, whatever yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You always, I definitely don't like film to uh, music or anything. So yeah. it's definitely it's definitely an afterthought. But well, it's always you, you generally have at least one moment where the beat drops. I know when yeah. you hit, and it's like oh, I, I just like yeah. that was great. Uh, it does you, always work that way. If I just see that happen, I'm like, that's it. That's got to be the one. <laughs> what, um, so uh, do you use, what editing software do you use? Uh, so I was going to start doing tutorials on this, to be quite honest, because I think there's like, I think I'm pretty savvy at like how I get shit done for like not being that yeah. crazy with it. But You're basically, yeah, I, uh, I use something called LumaFusion. Okay. So I just, that's I edit everything on my phone. It's, okay. uh, it's, it, I think it's equivalent to like what Final Cut used to be or something. It's very similar to that That's for I like use. a Mac user. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's in the weeds. Yeah. yeah. So I use, I use Luma super fast. Ah. I'm really good at it. What I love about my movement style. So something about my movement is there's usually very distinct ends and finishes to movement. Uh -huh. Movement is really easy, I think, to do video editing too, because you can create like soft zooms and cuts very easily to that because yeah. you know there's a beginning and an end and it's very quick to edit yeah it doesn't take a lot of time and there's usually a rhythm so like a rep usually takes a second or two or things like that mm -hmm. so you can sort of get in an editing rhythm but um yeah i use that i film with Son a sony a7 three okay. so yeah. like i like to carry that with us so i do like i do some of the like videography and like ad work for the company here at web method yeah I've sort of just naturally picked that up while I've been here. I like picking up new skill sets, yeah. and that was one of them. And I play around with it with my stuff. So, like, I just like practicing and trying different things. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But that, that Sony, that, that use that Sony A7, I think that's really good. It's specifically good for gym settings because it, um, it's really good with low light. Okay. So, I've, I, I, like, gotten low light. Uh, you love that you're dark, gear dark, yeah man. i like dark and like i've like like gyms tend to be dark and places i've gotten the camera was sort of meant to film in dark areas so it works well and then yeah and then that luma fusion i just like you can drop everything right to your phone nowadays like from the sim cards and it's like may as well film with a uh, a real camera and yeah. not be dropping crap on your computer all the time it's quick that's amazing well i i just I, I really enjoy it, and it's been um, I, it's just been a, a unexpected treat because I eventually you kind of just see it, and you're like, I just hate social media, but I I love your stuff. I really enjoy it, so I get a kick out of it. So keep it up, and I think people <laughs> will love the tutorials. But well, thank you so much for your time, and you're gonna run off and uh, just maintain or uh, run around with your little man. You are an enigma wrapped in a mystery, but hopefully, I uh, thank you for your biopic today and answering all my silly questions. Um, <laughs> People, you mentioned coiling a lot, and rather than have to try and put something that's a feeling into words, if people are interested, you have an 
an incredible coaching process. RMT, I know it's a rotational movement. Um, what's the what's the like the actual? Is it uh, so it's yeah. There's a uh, we have two courses. So there's level one, which is a rotational training. movement training. Special, RMTS. Yeah, yeah. RMTS or rotational movement training specialist. So that's like a one day mm-hmm. course that I do live and yeah. online. And I I, cre- I like teach the language that yeah. we do. I teach some I teach some basic movement and then like some of the tools we use here at Weck Method. Mm-hmm. And then I do a two-day seminar called the Weck Method Qualification, yeah. which is like a deep dive into like weightlifting, yeah, way more advanced stuff, and really get into it. It's like it's almost like feels like a coach's week. It's just fun, and it's just like coach to coaches, you know, it's yeah. a good time. Yeah, coach to coach. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, tons of free I, stuff too, by the yeah. way. So anybody that's not a coach, tons of free resources on everything I do. You just got to yeah. dig. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and then for people, a lot of the tools, I mean, when I've sold my gym in North Carolina and moved over to California, the only thing I put in my car was the rec- the, the rope and the RMT club. Yeah. Was it? Was, Hell yeah, dude. It, All right. Yeah. They were great. So it really is foundational stuff and people are interested in, in learning. I'm t- I, I cannot overstate. Hey, just follow and just stick with Chris because he is, it's just unbelievable the stuff you do, but also like you're such a... You're one of the best coaches I've gotten the experience, the pleasure to meet, and just you're such a wealth of knowledge, and you're so good at being encouraging and being conscientious and kind and just working. It's it's just you're you're great. So I thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This is very valuable. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I just I can't get over how warm and fuzzy I was after talking to him. It was a lot more fun. So my plan is in the future I've got some friends and some people I've gotten to meet around the world, and uh, just you know just be able to talk to them and. I just enjoy a more conversational, fun, relaxed style to get people's perspectives and just, uh, just you know, see what they're at and what they're doing in life. But, um, you know, we'll see how many people want to take me up on it. So uh, we'll have another episode of uh, poorly recorded audio for you coming out soon. But until then, we got some blog recaps and stuff like that. So if you enjoyed that, I'll put links below for Chris's stuff, uh, how to plug in with him. I mean, I, he is just such a great resource. He's really been a foundational uh, influence for me. And... Then, of course, the only thing I got for you is a free six-week program. So if you want help moving your body and kind of connect with some of the pieces, Athletic Foundation is for you. But I'll put the link to that below. Uh, Subscribe and whatever, all that stuff. But you know what? I hope you have a great day. I appreciate you.